This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hey, Coach. Well, how are you doing today? I'm doing good today. How are you doing today? I am doing great. You know, we had the cool snap. We had the back-to-normal temperatures. (laughs) And then we had our rainy uh, week, and now we're moving into another direction. What direction would that be, Coach? We don't know. That's it. It changes (laughs) all during the day. Mississippi weather, I tell you. That's right. Mississippi, we'll be back to summer probably in no time. Oh, December. Yeah. I'm actually missing the sun a bit, though, Coach. Like, these past few days have been quite gloomy, and I'm like, where is the sun? We really need the rain. And it it lifted the uh, burn ban, and we really need the rain. Yeah, we did need the rain. But I take the rain with the sun out. Well, I just don't think it works that way. It doesn't work that way. I think way. either you're going to have to have clouds or you're going to have sun. Okay. <laughs> it was too late. It, it was you- too late. It killed all my, like, the lack of rain killed all my grass, and now it rains, so my grass, like, my whole backyard is just mud. Oh. Why well, I'm so happy it killed my grass, because I would have had cut, cut I don't it think a it, lot of times. I don't think we cut it at all this year. <laughs> thank goodness for that. Right, right. Do thank goodness for that. The only thing now is, you know, when it rains, the the roads do get slippery and people start getting in wrecks. Well, you know, that goes right along with our lesson or what we're going to talk about today is steering because you can have very bad accidents if you don't have the right steering. Mm, makes sense, Coach. And Coach is talking about, again, what we're talking about today, electronic steering. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, I've got a write-up. Electrically Assisted steering systems, also known as electric power steering, EPS, dispense with hydraulic fluid entirely. In these systems, the steering movement is assisted by an electric motor. So that's a that's a pretty thick definition. But really, the, if you break it down, when they said they did away and it's all electrical, they did away with the hydraulic fluids that you know have you no longer have a power steering pump on there that would have fluid in it pushing it to the rack and pinion. Okay. You ne- you no longer have a gearbox that was on the column. Now you have a thing called a rack and pinion, and a lot of vehicles went to rack and pinions years ago, but it was still using a fluid, okay. a steering fluid, and a reservoir and a pumping system. Okay. Well, you no longer have that no more. Okay. Okay. So when you think you no longer have that, we now we don't have to worry about hoses, don't have to worry about an extra belt, and does not have to worry about no leaks on the ground. Okay. Okay. So that's what now the electronic steering does. It takes all of that away. It takes all of that away. So are there still vehicles that are... Power steering? Well, let's take you back from the beginning. We started out with manual steering. Okay. And that's when you was up on your tippy toes and you tried to turn that steering wheel as hard as you could turn. Those are them old schools. That's right. You had no help whatsoever. <laughs> Except for your shoulders. Except for your shoulders. <laughs> and if you weren't really big, you had to use your legs in order to push. 
So how did uh, you know women up top are a little you know not as strong? I, I guess everybody drove it. It didn't matter. That's how they drove. That's how they drove, and you know with the vehicle moving, they turned pretty easy. Yeah. But if the vehicle was being uh, sitting still, they didn't turn very good. Okay. So you went from manual steering, and then you went to power steering. Okay, power steering is when you had the pump. And you still had a gearbox on the steering wheel. Some of them had gearbox. They weren't all rack and pinion steerings. Mm-hmm. Okay, rack and pinion is totally different than the steering gearbox. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you had those two type systems. Then they did away with the gearbox because most gearbox were on pickup trucks and a little bit bigger vehicles. Okay. Okay, so they did away with those. And then they did electrical over hydraulics. Okay, so they still had a pump. And they still had a hydraulic, but they did electrical over hydraulics. Okay. Okay. So they used uh, electrical to turn uh, the gearbox with the pump. Okay. 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 Then where we are today, now we have just the electrical itself. Okay. Either the pump, either the gearbox is located on the rack and pinion itself under the car. Mm-hmm. Or is located on the steering column. Okay. Okay. So, so it has changed, and it makes a big difference of what you have in your vehicle and why we went from hydraulics to electrical. So, how do you know the difference? Do can you tell the difference while you're driving of what you have? Well, you can tell the difference if you were really paying attention. But the easiest way to find out is open the hood, see if you have a power uh, power steering uh, pump. Okay. If you don't have a power steering pump. You have electric steering. Got it. Most vehicles today are electrical. Okay. Okay. And there was a lot of reasons they did electrical, and mm-hmm. and it's not was it was not only to get rid of the hydraulic fluid mm-hmm. or the pump, and less parts. You always think less parts, less expensive. Okay. And that's true in an aspect. You have no leaks and all. Okay. But really, where uh, the electrical steering came from was all these new safety items we have on these cars, mm-hmm. lane departure, mm-hmm. uh, radar, you know, mainly for autonomous driving. Okay. Okay, where the vehicle could drive by itself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. make the steering smoother and then the vehicle should be able to drive by itself if yeah. it's one of those vehicles. Can you imagine having lane departure on a manual steering vehicle? Where <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it can hold it. <laughs> no, it can't. It can't. It can't, Coach. Was there a certain like year, possibly, or roundabout year when it went from power into electronic? Uh, it's been in the... In the Probably about 10 years ago it started. Okay. It was power. You still had the hydraulics and you had the electrical. And now everything now you buy now is going to be electrical. Okay. 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 So now if you got something a little bit newer, you're already on the electrical. You're already okay. on electrical. Okay. There's so much to know about this. And who knew about all of this? I do remember people talking about it was hard to turn those old cars around right. corners. But I didn't know all of this had changed in that time. Well, you think about the uh, manual steering. Think about when you had a flat tire. How hard is the steering wheel to turn? Yeah. Well, that's what it was with manual. Yeah. Then you had assistant, uh, where you have assist. You know, it's just like you had power brakes, same thing. You stepped on the brakes, and you had to put all your weight on to stop the vehicle because uh-huh. it didn't have no assist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you got assist, you could feel the brake. Yeah, the ABS. Right, all that comes in play with that. The yes. ABS and all of that. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know so much, Coach. Well, I don't think I know it all. <laughs> you do. You do when it comes to cars. We're going to get into some more of the electronic steering talk. There's so much more what it does and why it was created. You've, you've 
talked a little bit about that, but we're going to go a little bit more into depth, especially when it comes down to maybe the advantages and disadvantages. But we're going to head to the phones right now. We've got Donna on the line from Moss Point. She has a Ford Mustang 2023 in the shop that's been in there for quite some time now. Donna, you're on with Coach Charlie. Um, Good morning, y'all. I'm really off from work to be able to call in live. Now I'm wondering if my 2011 Acura has um, power steering or electronic, but I'm going to investigate that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Here's my issue. My family uh, bought a 2023 Mustang from a dealership, um, not a Ford dealership, uh, maybe maybe two months ago. Uh, 6,000 miles on this Mustang. Uh, drove it for about three weeks, and it started misfiring, not idling right. Uh, took it in, had purchased an extended warranty on the car, uh, dilly-dallied around. Uh, they said it was bad gas. So, of course, they did the things, I assume, to fix a bad gas problem, and the problem's still not fixed. So, in the meantime, the car, uh, dealership has had the car longer than we've had the car, and it's still not fixed. And we're about at our wit's end as to how to proceed. Any suggestions? Okay, first of all, it could be bad gas, but most likely not. If you got gas at the same place all the time, you know, usually how they tell if it has bad gas, they will do, excuse me, they'll take a sample of that gas and they will analyze it for water. Okay, and then if it has water in it, they will either drain the tank, put new gas in it, and it should run fine. But by that vehicle being in the shop so long, what I would do, I would get in the, you know, it's a Ford vehicle. It's 2023. Customer service does not like that to happen. And, you know, I would call the customer service, not your dealer, but the customer service of Ford and tell them your problem and they will get that problem fixed. And if the vehicle is where they cannot fix it, they will have to, you could go through arbitration and they could buy that vehicle back from you. But like I said, you said you bought a extended warranty. That vehicle, uh, you said it has 6,000 miles on it. Well, it still had 30,000 miles of war- uh, factory warranty on it regardless. So the factory would have had to fix it regardless uh, if you had a extended warranty or not, up to 36,000 miles on those vehicles. So, yeah, that's uh, my thought was if it was bad gas, uh, that's fixable. Um, and they did all that after about two and a half or three weeks in possession and brought it back, and it's doing the same thing. So, actually, uh, listening to the rebroadcast, often as I do, um, I've Googled the Ford customer service number last night and told my daughter, here's the number, call them. You are on top of it, and that's what I like about that. Our, our listeners are on top of it, but you call them, tell them your problem, tell them where the vehicle has been and that they've had it, they've changed out the bad gas, gave the vehicle back to you, and it's doing the exact same thing, and that you have had it in the shop longer than you've owned the vehicle. Exactly right. And I only knew that because I've been educated by uh, AutoCorrect and Coach Charlie, and so I was right on the money. And uh, we're fixing to blow up uh, the customer service line at uh, Ford Motor Company. <laughs> That's what I would do. And they, they will be on top of that like white on rice. They will. They will. Yeah. And hold. Always hold. If they put you on hold, don't hang up. Just put it on speakerphone. They don't like bad customer relations. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're on it. 
And uh, thank you, guys. I'm, I'm now going to go out and look under the hood on my uh, TSX and see what kind of steering I've got. That is great. All right. Donna, thank you uh, so thank much. You thank you. Thank happy you Thanksgiving. For, yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Donna. And thank you so much for listening. I love that one. That was a good right. one. That was a good one. Brother Daniel, we see you out there. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about electronic steering. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Well, here are some recent recalls. So I think maybe we did this one last week, Coach, but I'm going to do it again because why? We're talking about electronic steering. So Honda recalls 2023 to 24 pilot SUVs for loss of steering control risk. Um, and this is a small population of these, only 519 to be exact, um, of its latest generation pilot SUV over an issue that could affect steering. Um, and the issue involves a loose ball bearing that may have fallen into the gap of a rotating part in the steering gearbox assembly during manufacturing. If a ball bearing falls into the gap of the rotating part, steering function may be lost, resulting in an increased risk of crash or injury. And as a fix, dealers are replacing the electric power steering rack for free and Honda will begin notifying owners December 18th. Those with further questions can contact the automaker. So there's one that goes right in line with what we're talking about. Well, you know, I was going to say something about that last week, but I said I would say something about it this week due to that it was a recall on steering. What that was is the rack and pinion itself that's underneath the car. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's just like two sets of gears going back and forth. Okay, those two sets of gears as they mesh is what's turning the vehicle. Okay. Okay, it's just a straight line, but it turns the vehicle. Yeah. Okay, what happens, the steering part of it has a gear in the top of that rack, and it has ball bearings on it to help it turn. Okay, if uh-huh. those would fall down in there, they'd fall on top of the rack. And then and it can't it would, move. It can't move from one direction to the other. Got it. So that's how you lose steering. Now, when you lose steering, you know, a lot of people think about when you, what would happen if you lose steering on a electronic uh, controlled system like Mm -hmm. that. You're not going to have an accident. You're going to be able to steer that vehicle. Okay. It goes back to manual steering. (laughs) You have no steering assist. It goes strictly to manual steering. You got to pull. Yeah. If the motor goes out or if a sensor goes out or a module goes out. It defaults into manual steering where you can still steer the car. Okay. okay. So you're not – now, if something was to fall down in there, it's not going to be able to move. But if the motor went out on that steering system, then you would still be able to – Then you'll go into manual. You'll still be able to control the car. Got you. The ball bearing part is the part that's throwing the wrench in the game. Right, because it can fall down and keep something from moving. Yeah, right. That's so make sure y'all get that looked at. If y'all have got that Honda uh, Pilot 2023 20, to 24, get that looked at for sure because that could be a that could be a problem. Then you won't be able to turn. That's right. Okay, and finally in recall news, 155,000. This is up from that 519, y'all. Um, plus BMW vehicles are being recalled over an engine stall risk. Um, they are recalling certain vehicles over bolts that may loosen 
or break over time. And this includes model year 2010 to 2012, one series coupes and convertibles and three series sedans and convertibles, as well as model year 2010 to 2011, three series coupes and station wagons, five series sedans, X3 and X5 SUVs and Z4 convertibles. Again, the issue involves aluminum bolts for the housing of the variable camshaft driving adjustment unit. I said that so smooth. You think you I did? You think like I you know what it. I'm talking you about? You knew exactly what you were talking <laughs> I, about. I surprised myself, Abram. I, that's right. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Thanks, Abram. No problem. No problem. <laughs> well, they may eventually loosen or break and could cause the engine to stall while driving, increasing the risk of a crash. To resolve the issue, dealers are replacing the four bolts for free. BMW will be again notifying owners December 12th, but those with further questions can contact the automaker. And you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls, and inputting your VIN or find their safer car app. We're talking about electronic steering, and we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to the phone lines. Coach, before we get into some more electronic steering talk, we've got Brother Daniel on the line. He's got a 2017 Nissan Altima Transmission Fluids question. Brother Daniel, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, what's Hi, happening, everybody. Brother Daniel? Look, ain't nothing. Look, <laughs> I just was telling what's name. My 740,000 viewers going to know about MPB. Come on now, brother. We got Come mechanics. On. We got everything. <laughs> Listen, people, tell your family. I know they love TV. We love TV, too. But look, MPB <laughs> is the growing of Mississippi. We got everything you need to learn from, from finances to mechanics to everything. <laughs> and today, look, Dr. De- Brother Daniel is coming on about his 2017 Nissan Altima. He's trying to figure out how to protect his transmission okay. and to keep an eye on that CVT. Because I heard a lot of things about the CVT on the Altima, even though it's a tough car. So I need to know if my my 2017 did not have a dipstick in it. They just had a top on it. And uh, I think they all went back to the dipstick. Um, I guess that's to make you come in and have your transmission checked or whatever. But uh, I kind of <laughs> thought it was wrong. I, I felt you should always have a dipstick in your car. Well, it does. It does. Hi, Brother Daniel. It does have a dipstick. There's a 10-millimeter bolt right there by that dipstick. Uh, that you can take off, and that dipstick will pull right out of there. But there is a 10-millimeter bolt that holds that in there. Mm. All right. So what I do is it's right next to the top. It's right next to you. Yeah, you should see a a bolt that's holding the uh, dipstick tube in, that's holding that dipstick in there. I did see that. And um, what I want to know is, um, and as far as your, because my transmission fluid looks good, I was checking to make sure there ain't no bubbles, you know, and all. I was using my other dipstick. I was cheating. I was using my other Nissan Sentra dipstick. I made sure I cleaned it off and sanitized it, and uh, I was checking with that. <laughs> but, uh, I understand that, but uh, that one may not be the same size, so you got to be careful about that as well. Right, right, right. Okay, good. So I'm going to go ahead and take that boat off and start checking with it. But I wanted to give you all, I mean, thumbs up. Look, look. <laughs> I'm not taking a lot of time. People, take your kids and let them learn from Coach Charles. 
about these cars. <laughs> it's very important because these kids ride around. They figure they're supposed to take care of themselves. Oh, I thought the oil was changing itself. I had so many people come to me when I sold cars at Bullard. They came to me and not know nothing about the cars. People don't read the book. Read the book, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> read your manual. That's right. <laughs> That's it. We appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, brother Daniel. All right, man. Appreciate you. So I love y'all. Love Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank Happy you. Thanksgiving to you too, brother Daniel. I told you he was going to give you a good one, coach. He gave me a good one. I, I like told that. You. Abram, no need for a break or a promo after brother Daniel. That's right. That's what I was just talking to Java. I said we need to, to just bring him on as marketing. <laughs> no need to even take a break or a promo. You heard brother Daniel. Y'all heard him. <laughs> We've got a couple of people on the phone lines. Let's hit the phone lines one more time, coach, before we get back to our electronic steering talk. We've We've got Andrew on the line from Edwards. Andrew, you're on with Coach Charlie. Oh uh, yes, sir. I had two questions for you. Um, if you have a car that if the shocks are busted, will the car like dip, like be lower on that side where the shock is busted? Uh, that's not what's going to cause the car to be lower. What causes the car to be lower is the spring itself. Those are usually and you know the weak the weak spring can cause it to be lower. Now the shock, you can always tell you're going to bounce up and down uh, in the road. Your wheels be going up and down, and really what the shock is, you know, we always think the shock is used for the comfort of the passengers in the vehicle. It's really for the to keep the footprint of the tire on the road. That is really what the shock is for. But the only thing that's going to make it lower would be that spring. Okay. Okay, and also I want to ask you, to change leaf springs, like on a rear-wheel drive vehicle, you know, the, is that a big job, changing leaf springs? No, I really just got to make sure you have a floor jack that can hold that uh, rear end and really just – Undo. You got two bolt. You got a bolt at one end of the shackle, a bolt at the other end of the shackle. You got the U bolts that are holding it to the axle itself. That's not a hard job as long as you have the right tools. Okay. And make sure you have somebody with you while you're doing that because, like I say, some of those um, springs can get pretty heavy. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll work. Thank you so much for that call. Um, let's go ahead. Stay on the phone lines. One more go. We're going to go to Terry in Gulfport. He's got a 2019 Ford Escape question. Terry, you're on with Coach Charlotte. Oh, good to hear from you all. Well, <clears throat> what this is, is we solved a mystery that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, this Escape was, uh, when it got up to about 40 or 45 miles an hour, there was this horrible shredding, scraping sound coming from what seemed like the tire was separating up in the driver's side front. And when you got down below a certain speed, it would go away. Well, uh, we took it to the dealership. They could find nothing wrong with the tire at all. So drove it more, got up to about 50 miles an hour, and the sound came back again. Well, took it to the dealership, not the dealership, but a tire store once again. And uh, the mystery finally got solved. When they had put it up on the rack, the first rack they put it on had those wide rails and it was holding something up. When they put it up on the narrow rail, they discovered that the splash shield, this plastic splash shield underneath the car, uh, those cheap little plastic screw things that hold it in there had broken off, and the front of it was falling down, and when the wind got up to like 30 or 50 miles an hour, it was making it scrape along the uh, asphalt. 
Yeah, that was what so I was. Problem solved, and it's going to be maybe less than a hundred bucks to get it fixed. Yeah, Have you ever heard anything like that before? Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you started uh, when the will and you were thinking about that. I said most likely it's going to be a piece of plastic has fell down, and when the wind gets underneath it, it starts moving, and that's what I was thinking it could be. I've done that before, and had, and that's one thing you know. A lot of people say, well. Only one of the little uh, plastic clips are broke. Well, it doesn't take much for that plastic and that wind to get under that plastic and start vibrating. Well, Coach, you're good. It took <laughs> we we really had a mystery going there. Well, I'm glad but that I you got it fixed. If anybody else had that problem, it might be might be uh, uh, interesting to solve yeah, that problem. And that was an easy fix to fix that too. I'm sure. Oh yeah, nothing to it. Okay, thank Thanks you so much. Show. You guys are great. Oh, thank you so much, Terry. Thank hey, happy you. Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving out there to everybody. That's right. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about electronic steering between your car repair questions. What's in the news? Well, two things. The 2025 Toyota Camry goes hybrid only and gets electric all-wheel drive. That's one. Coach brought that to my attention this morning. And then two, Mississippi ranks the number one deadliest state for driving over Thanksgiving. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Tech Program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep programs on the air for you and others to enjoy, and we thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Here's a couple of things in the news. The 2025 Toyota Camry goes hybrid only and gets electric all-wheel drive. Coach told me about it. <laughs> well, you got to keep up with what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you always know. You always know. But the Camry will only be available now as a hybrid, ditching any conventional gas-burning engines even as an option. So you can't even go in there and say you want something different. Hybrids are well and fully becoming the mainstream now. And then it is getting that all-wheel drive. So that's going to be the new thing for the Toyota Camrys. Well, I understand. So they still, there's a lot of Toyota Camry drivers. Yeah, but still they have a – that means when it's hybrid, that means that it is battery-operated and gasoline-operated. Okay. You know, some it has some type of different engine Besides, I just like the, the idea of those. Electric, yeah. I like those. Well, when I ordered my Honda, they couldn't get one. You know, they're not really big on them. So okay. they are doing some of them, but they're not really big pushing on it. pushing yeah. it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's news. I'll have a link to that story in our show's podcast description. And then here's one Mississippi. And this is just to get everybody ready. I want to make sure everybody's safe on the roads this holiday season because it can get a little wild out there. But Mississippi is ranking number one, number one out of 50 states, the deadliest state for driving over Thanksgiving. And we experienced the most deadly crashes per capita over the holiday weekend out of all of those U.S. states. Um, And then based on nearly a decade of data, uh, the state sees more traffic fatalities on average than any other U.S. state in the country during this time. So here's some key findings. The deadliest days and times to be on the road. Saturday sees the most deadliest crashes during the Thanksgiving holiday period, followed by Thursday and Friday. And the single deadliest hour of the holiday period is 6 to 7 p.m. 
Thanksgiving Day, followed by 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Wednesday and 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Saturday. So those are the days that are the deadliest times to be on the road. Um, And they're saying who's behind the wheel now nearly three quarters, 73 percent are drivers behind the wheel during Thanksgiving holiday. Fatal crashes are male and more than a third of drivers were in their 20s and 27 percent were men in their 20s. And they're asking is speeding a factor? Well, nearly half of the fatal crashes during the holiday from 2012 through 2021 involved either speeding or drinking and drinking was involved in 28 percent. And speeding was involved in 33%. Both were involved in 12%. Well, you know that turkey makes you sleepy anyway at 6 and 7. I say eat some turkey. Go lay down. Don't yeah. worry. Don't be on the roads driving because you done party too hard. Just stay at home. Stay out of the vehicle. Yeah, make sure you do that. Everybody stay safe for Thanksgiving. Yeah. We want to give thanks before and, and after. after the holiday. I'll include a link to both stories in our podcast description. We're talking about electronic steering. Email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Before we go to the phone lines, Coach, I want to know about maybe some advantage, advantages and disadvantages of electronic Well, when you start talking about advantages of electronic steering, once again, if we're driving the vehicle, that means that uh, with all this new uh, safety uh, technology in there, well, it helps control those safety factors. Okay. Okay. So lane departure, uh, it can't pull up one over that the vehicle can't not take back control of it. Autonomous driving, you know, you take your hands off. I would like the commercial with Chevrolet clapping their hands. Yeah. Well, you couldn't take your hands off of it for an extended period of time because it couldn't control it. Yeah. Okay. And then the disadvantages, you know, is the feel of the steering wheel. Okay. Uh, when I talk about fill of the steering wheel, how easy is it to turn and for you to determine how far the vehicle is turning? Mm. You know, if it's real soft, mm. that means that you're going to oversteer because you're not used to it. That's like a Cadillac or something. Right. So if you're used, to, if you're not used to the soft steering, and now you can make it a little tighter by changing the weights on the steering system. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that'll make it gives it a little bit more torque in order to turn. And then we talk about torque. Torque is the turning effort that it takes to turn something. Okay. So if you put more weights on it, that means it's going to, you'll feel it different. You know, so that's the disadvantage because power steering and all you could really feel when you're turning. Yeah. But on some of these vehicles that have electronic steering, it's not as easy. Okay. 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 So that's some advantages and disadvantages of electronic steering. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Jerome on the line in Georgia. He's got a 2018 Chevy Camaro question. Jerome, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I pretty good. I bought a Camaro like in 2018, a Z01, and I read that they had an oil pump problem. Like they were failing, and my car only has like 2,000 miles on it, and um, the warranty is expired. Can they still fix that on the warranty, or have to pay for it myself? Well, that may be under a powertrain warranty. You know, some of them, powertrain warranties are different than bumper to bumper warranties. Okay, so what I would okay. do. Uh, they had a problem. You know they had a problem with it, right? Yes. 
Okay, so there either there's a TSB out there that's a technical service bulletin, or what I would do is get on the website and see if there's any recalls for that vehicle there, and you can get on there and see if there's a recall and go from there. But if you talk to customer service from the not from the dealership, but the Chevrolet customer service, they may be able to help you. Like a they call them a one-time courtesy fix. You know, so you might want to call them oh. since you know there is a problem and General Motors knows there's a problem with them. You may be able to get some help. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. You're so that. welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Jerome, for okay. that call. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. When it comes to electronic steering, Coach, we're going to go back to it. I want to know what controls everything. Well, when you think about electronic steering, first of all, we talked about the torque. Okay, that's what controls how much you're turning the steering wheel. Then there's an angle sensor. Okay, angle sensor is up underneath the dash on the steering wheel column. Okay. okay, it's called an angle sensor. It tells how far that vehicle is turning left to right. Okay. Okay. And then you have, once again, then you have a, so we have angle sensor, we have a electric motor on the rack and pinion itself. Yeah. And then we have the uh, PCM or the ECU, that's the electronic control module or the power control module. Okay. All those, all that information is fed into that and it sort of tells what the vehicle is doing. Okay. Okay. So is there a, 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 a signal that we could see that lets us know maybe something is going wrong with our electronic steering? Well, you know, we always talk about these check engine lights. Well, your dash will have check engine lights on it. And if there is something wrong with that system, of course, you'll be able to fill it. Okay. But the EPS light will come on, and that's electronic uh, power, power system. Power system. Okay. Assist. Okay. That, assist. Light, that light will come on, okay. and there may be a car with a steering wheel on it or something yeah. on the dash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may have seen know. that when my car starts up right. and saw that light. Mm-hmm. So that light will come on and tell you that something's wrong with it. Now, once again, it'll still work if something's not major wrong with it. Okay. Okay. But maybe your um, lane departure, stuff like that, will not work due to that the rack and pinion or maybe that uh, angle sensor or something's gone bad. Okay. Okay. You perfect. Know, so, but you always want to make sure if that light comes on, you get it scanned, see what the code is, yeah. and go from there. Go from there. Okay. We're going to get into a little bit more of electronic steering talk. I want to talk about the autonomous driving that you okay. mentioned, but we're going to go to the phone lines. We've got Greg and Columbus on the line. Greg, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hey, good morning, everybody. Look, I got a 2006 Nissan Frontier. It has 162,000 miles on it. And uh, I'm thinking about buying it. Is there something I should be concerned about with some high miles on it? Well, you know... It's like anything else, you know, more mileage has on it, according if it's highway miles, according if it's a uh, mileage, uh, town mileage. You, there's certain things, what I would do in your uh, warranty book, there is a maintenance schedule on there. You know, I always think about those uh, Nissan Frontiers, you know, they have a starter on it that starters underneath the intake, you know. So there's different things that you just need to look at and make sure that it's maintained and if you're not having no problem, just keep on going. Hmm. Work. I appreciate you. Okay, I appreciate you, so you, Greg. Thank you so much for calling. We're discussing electronic steering and taking your repair questions. Send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review coming up from Casey Williams and Coach's Tip of the Week. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. I think Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis are making some of the most interesting electric vehicles right now. 
And the vehicle we have this week is a great example of it. It's a 2023 Hyundai Ioniq 6. It's a mid-sized sedan with futuristic Porsche looks, LED bulging headlamps in the front, 20-inch wheels, and a really sloping roofline looks really nice. And I really like the wing on the back with the LED headlamps. Inside, twin-screen dash layout, lots of space, and all the luxuries, Bose audio, heat and ventilated seats, and all the crash avoidance systems. But you're really going to buy this for the electric system. You can recharge this from 10 to 80% in 18 minutes. This one has about 470 mile range. You can get an Ionic 6 with up to about 360 miles range. So that's pretty good. 320 horsepower, all wheel drive, also very quick. So you may be asking, what is this going to cost? I think it's very reasonable. The Ionic 6 starts at $41,600. This one all in, $57,425. See the full video on his YouTube channel. Auto Casey and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Y'all can hear me and Coach just chatting in the back. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you could listen to the whole show from AutoCorrect.mpbonline.org. You won't hear the back talk though. That's right. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show. At 11, it's Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC certified master technician. Master technician is the main thing. It's time for Coach Charlie's tip of the week. You know, I was talking a little bit earlier when somebody said they had a high-maintenance vehicle, that's this is particularly being a Nissan, but anytime you have a high-maintenance vehicle, make sure you go to your owner's manual, look at that maintenance schedule, and as long as you look at that maintenance schedule and go along with that, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So make sure you look at that schedule. And that owner's manual, like Brother Daniel said, read the book, <laughs> the whole book. Is that what he said? That's exactly what he said. <laughs> You better read that book, too. Get you a bookmark and and get to going. That's right. It would help. It would help if you read your book. That's right. (laughs) It really would. Let's get back to our electronic steering talk, Coach. I want to know a couple things. The main use and talk about, of course, autonomous driving. Well, you know, personally, myself, I would like somebody behind that steering wheel. I'd like somebody else driving that vehicle, making sure that it went left to right. Yeah. But really... The the electronic sensors and the computers and all were made for autonomous driving. Okay, because that's where they're going. You know, did they know back then when they started that that's where they were going? Well, you know, uh, they do these prototype cars and everything else, and somebody knows something down the line. They're always ahead of us, like the Jetsons. That's right. (laughs) That's right. We do a lot of stuff the Jetsons do now. But for the autonomous driving, you know, they had to have these different where they could control the car. Yeah. You know, with GPS. And, you know, I always thought I I think we'll do a show sometime about how does that lane departure work? You know, you got a line and it tells you Mm. that you cross that line. Mm. Okay, well, how does that work? Well, that's with GPS. But really, the vehicle has to. No, it has to be connected to the computer system in order to let you know that that car, but that's the angle sensor in there yeah, working. Yeah. I mean, it's so on point. I, of course, you know, when I get the loaner, my car doesn't have this, but when I get the loaner, the loaner has that heads up displays display, but it knows whether you're about to cross over a, a solid line or the perforated line down the middle. 
and it knows what line you're on. And once again, that's the steering system. That's the angle sensor, which way your car is going. Because if your car starts drifting, that angle sensor is read by the computer and says, yeah. wait a minute, you're drifting off from where you were going. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be drifting constantly. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it reads that. And so that's a lot of AI in there as well. Come on. You know, now. so the AI is in those cars right now. Yeah. So, but anytime you start looking at how these systems work on these vehicles here, it's all computerized. Yeah. You know, I think about in my wife's car, she has a Honda HRV. You can take your hand off the steering wheel and it will go straight. It will let you. For it how will, long? And it will drive those curves. Oh, she, it's, a, it's got somewhat autonomous driving? Yes. What? It has just a, a little bit because oh, what it does, a set of hands comes on the steering wheel, I mean, up on the dashboard and says, hey, you need to put your hand back on the steering wheel. Okay. Because I've done it to see how long it would take. Yeah, before it said but, something. Yes, but it will it will drive, but it's not going to let you drive by itself. You're gonna have, it's going to make you put your hands back on that steering wheel. Oh yeah, or okay. If you don't, or it will. <laughs> well, it starts. It starts vibrating. Yeah, it starts, it'll do the ruttering it thing. Starts making noise. Yeah, yeah. Because it wants your hands on that steering wheel. Okay. But autonomous driving. If there's nobody in that vehicle, Mm-mm. well, guess what? It's driving by itself. Mm-mm. But the bad thing about electronics, and I, I hate to tell you this, you know, we all have, we have a lot of recalls on Jeeps. Okay, we've already talked about that. Okay. Okay, Jeeps. Several years ago. The computers were hacked in Jeep's vehicles in the Cherokee. Yeah. Okay. They were hacked and somebody took over the steering system. Okay. And was pulling them off the side of the road because once again, it had control of the steering system. Okay. Well, that was when they invented the new uh, electronic steering system. They had the sensors in there. Somebody hacked their computers, not only on Jeeps, but other vehicles in the same way. So once again, you have to have those firewalls in the computer systems so they cannot be hacked. And that's one of the yeah. things they were talking about with uh, electronic driving. Abram, you, I know Abram wants to get in on this conversation. He's everyday oh, tech yeah. for sure. Yeah. What you got, Abram? Well, something we talk about on everyday tech a lot and uh, <clears throat> that Sabir brings up a lot is that you know when you have these operating systems, the longer they're out, the less protected they become right. without if they're not updated consistently and stuff. So do cars have those updates? Do they do, go through software updates? Well, they do have them, but a lot of people ignore them. Okay, so that's you, not something you want to do. Well, you think about a mm. lot of these electronic problems, a lot of these running rough problems in these cars and all can be fixed over the airways by doing a update on the computer. Yeah. And uh, what happens is that the manufacturer sends the update and your vehicle may be in the shop and it fixes it right then. Yeah. And you didn't have no parts involved. All you had to do is update on that computer. Same thing you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. And and all it takes is just like one person figures it out and then it it can be everywhere. I mean, it's just like a little computer. Exactly. Exactly. Well, a big computer if you got a big car, but yeah. (laughs) Well, you you think about this, the ones who first had... Uh, electrical steering was Porsche and BMW. That's who created it. Yeah. They so, were like, oh, well, we're going to be smooth. Well, Bosch was the ones that uh, they had a lot of that electrical uh, technology. Okay. And so they created a lot of the, a matter of fact, a lot of the vehicles had Bosch uh, systems on okay. them because okay. that's where it came from, BMWs and Porsches. Yeah. Okay. Well, once again, updating those computers every time you get an update, you know, and a lot of people, like we're saying, do not 
update those vehicles, do not update those computers, and they have problems. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's steering, if it's uh, drivability problems, transmission problems. They have to be updated. Make sure you get it updated. That could have something to do with your electronic steering. That's right. Does that have to happen at a dealership, or do you have to connect your your car to your home Wi-Fi? <laughs> Plug or? it in with a USB cord. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. It has to happen at the dealership. It's okay. got to happen there. Yeah. So yeah. just regular service update. Regular it service would be updates. nice if they used it like cell phones where they push the update to you and all you got to do is push a button. Well, Mercedes does. Uh, Honda does. You know those uh, screens you have? Those uh, in the vehicles now? Mm-hmm. They can push them through there. Okay. But you have to update them. Okay. Okay. So it's coming along. It we'll is get coming. to the Jetsons era soon. That's true. <laughs> We'll be ready to fly around the sky. Right. That'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our show engineer, Abram Nanny, and call screener, Charles Arnold. We want to say happy Thanksgiving to you. Yes, thank we you. We won't be here next week, but we will be here the week after. And we're going to talk about commercial vehicles and 18-wheelers that week. That'll be a good subject for us to talk about. It will be, because Coach is an expert on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.